Hi, I'm Cody Ferraro, and welcome to the Power of the Journey podcast, where we peel back the layers of the student-athlete experience by talking with those who have been through it, those who are impacting it, and guests within the athletics community who are actively trying to change it for the better. Today, we are powered by Game Plan, with partners such as the NFL, NBA, Pac-12, and over 300 athletic organizations, GamePlan is the only all-in-one platform for total athlete development on and off the field. GamePlan is also the single largest community of student athletes seeking employment opportunities in the world. So whether you're an organization looking to create comprehensive e-learning education or an employer looking for your next star employee, ask yourself, did I game plan it? For more information, visit GamePlan at wearegameplan.com. That's wearegameplan.com. Today, I'm Power of the Journey, a former football student athlete from Arkansas Tech. Before jumping into the coaching realm at the University of Arkansas, he then had stops at Missouri State, Texas State, and the Naval Academy before joining the Athletics Administration at Rice University, SMU, and Grand Canyon University as the Vice President of Athletics. He is currently the CEO at 86 Hope, a sports sponsorship and partnership consulting agency. He's a trailblazer in the sports business market in both the private and public sector. Introducing Mike Vaught. Mike, thank you for joining us. Hey, it's great to be with you, Cody. Appreciate you having me on. Of course. So how hot is it down in Texas? Well, it's going to be about a 99 today. Uh, we're in that uh, late August swing here, so um, it'll start cooling off here in a few weeks, and we'll have a, a beautiful fall. As you know, uh, the weather's great here in South Texas, but we have, we have some pretty hot summers, so we're looking okay. for the fall. And now, now, did you grow up there originally? I actually grew up in northwest Arkansas. Uh, grew up there, went to high school and college in Arkansas, and and then later, um, you know, when I took my first job left and, and haven't been back, haven't lived in Arkansas since then, uh, and my parents have passed away, so I don't have much of a reason to go back, but I really stay in touch with a lot of my friends there. And it's a great place to grow up. It's a great state. So actually, that's a great tee up to, to kind of jumping off this journey. So when I, when I first was looking at this, Arkansas and Texas, if you go play if you're from Texas and you go play in Arkansas or you're Arkansas and you go to Texas, like that's a no, no. Am I correct? Yeah. No question about it. I mean, back in the Southwest conference days, when I was growing up, it's huge rivalry, right? Arkansas, Texas rivalry. And I'm really excited this year because Texas is actually playing Arkansas in football. So that's going to be a fun one to watch. But uh, yeah, the rivalry was huge, but it's really interesting how even a lot of my high school friends migrated to Texas. And once you get in Texas, um, it's just a great culture. It's really unique and different. People fall in love with the state and they fall in love with the people and um, they, they don't leave. So, uh, yeah, we feel like Texas is home, but got a lot of great memories of Arkansas. It was a great place to grow up. Still love the state. Yeah, absolutely. So how'd you pick Arkansas Tech? Well, it's interesting. Uh, I always wanted to coach, uh, even when I was in high school, because I, I was really influenced. We had a great group of high school coaches. I mean, they were just good people. Um, they were good coaches, but they really cared about us as kids. And, uh, and we just loved our coaching staff. And I thought, you know what, I want to make an impact on kids' lives like, like they have mine. Because they really, you know, you learn a lot growing up through college and high school athletics. So um, that was kind of my goal to be a high school football coach. And, 
And I wasn't a great athlete. I thought, you know, if I, if I go somewhere and play college football and just get the experience and be around that next level of coaches, you know, I really like that. I think I could learn a lot from it. So I actually looked at some schools. I actually walked on at, a, at Arkansas Tech. I ended up earning a scholarship, but they were in AI at the time. Um, but boy, I just fell in love with their coaching staff. I learned so much from them. And uh, it was a great experience. It was a great little town. Russellville's a good town to, to, to live in and made a lot of lifelong friends there that I still, still talk to today. And then my, my head coach, uh, I fell in love with him. I, I was actually injured my sophomore year. And um, that's how I made the transition into coaching. I couldn't play anymore. And my coach said, hey, would you like to be a student coach? And I go, heck yeah. So I got to stay on scholarship and, and help coach. And we had an offensive coordinator that was just the coolest guy. Uh, his name's Charlie Wade, and he's retired now. But he actually coached Tony Dungy at Minnesota. He was the offensive coordinator there. Um, but just a unique guy, really smart, and um, just fell in love with him. And he was a big influence in my life. And, and they ended up helping me get a, a GA job at the University of Arkansas with Ken Hatfield and his staff when they had just gone in there. And, and that's kind of how my coaching career launched. Okay, so what was the difference between like Arkansas Tech, NAIA, and then going to Arkansas? Well, a lot of differences. Um, I mean, Arkansas was pretty good back then, actually. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a whole – it's just a different level and different scope of, of uh, opportunity in all areas. And um, I met some great people there. But, you know, you don't have to pack sack lunches on the bus to get ready to go to a game. You, you don't get on the bus for six hours. You just go to the airport, which was a lot nicer for me. <laughs> I really enjoyed that part. And, and honestly, growing up in a small town back, in, you know, in the late 70s, um, hadn't flown a whole lot. And I, the first long flight that I was on was actually our charter when we played the first away game in 1984 at Austin. We played Texas down there. And, and that was the first time I'd ever flown on a commercial airliner. Wow. So um, it was just a great experience and big difference between NAI and the Southwest Conference back in those days. So Arkansas to Texas, that flight was probably under an hour or right around an hour? Oh, yeah. It was under an hour. Yeah. Yep. That's your first experience. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> so from Arkansas, where do we head next? Well, from Arkansas, actually, there was a guy on our staff named Jesse Branch, who's still like a dad to us. I mean, he's an unbelievable guy. Um, he went and he'd been at Arkansas like 15 years. He, he played for Coach Brawls. He coached for Coach Brawls. He was there with Coach Hatfield, with Lou Holtz. He'd been through, he'd been there a long time. And he had the opportunity to uh, be the head football coach at Missouri State University, which is up in Springfield, Missouri, uh, FCS school, great city, great people. And I had the opportunity to go there with him. So that was my full-time, first full-time coaching job. We were there six years and took them into the, what was one double-A level. They had just transferred up from Division Two, And um, back then they'd give you time to build a program. And we uh, built it over a five-year period and ended up winning two back-to-back -back conference championships and, and going to the national quarterfinals. And it was just a great run and it was a great experience. And uh, that's where I met my wife. Carrie, we've been married 33 years now, and, and her parents are still there in Springfield, and it was just a great experience for us. Yeah, congrats, 33 years, congratulations. Thank you. So then we take the, the jump to Navy, am I correct? Well, I, I went to, uh, actually from there, I went to Texas State University, mm. and then I went to the Naval, that was our first time to live in Texas. That's when we fell in love with this area. 
Um, and then I went to the Naval Academy. Paul Johnson, who um, was the, a really close friend of mine, we, we ran the spread option offense at Missouri State and at Texas State. And Paul is who we got it from. He was at Georgia Southern with Eric Russell, and there's so much tradition. They won, I don't know, seven or eight national championships. It was incredible what they were doing there. And then Paul went to Hawaii to be the offensive coordinator and, and turn that program around. And, and they were winning the whack and doing a lot of great things there. Paul and I had been friends for a long time. And um, Paul was then hired as the offensive coordinator at the Naval Academy. And, and thanks to Paul, uh, that's how I ended up there. Uh, Charlie Weatherby was our head coach. They'd just gone in there as a new staff and they wanted somebody that could recruit Texas and knew the offense. And uh, they flew me in and offered me the job. And, and then Carrie and I moved from Austin to Annapolis, Maryland, which was out of our comfort zone. And uh, it was a great, great experience. And honestly, the six years at the Naval Academy changed our lives. Uh, the people there, uh, what you see those guys do on a daily basis, and they don't get thanks for it. Uh, man, this just an incredible group of people. And we had an incredible group of kids. I still talk to our, our players. It's a really close-knit group of people. Some of my players went on to be Navy SEALs, fighter pilots. Uh, got one that's in the Pentagon right now. I just really, really high character people. And uh, it kind of really gave us a different focus and a different outlook on life. And I was really blessed to have six years there at the Naval Academy. It was, it was a fantastic experience. Now, one of the things that is kind of a common theme, especially with your journey, is the people that you've met, the network, the network that you, you've created. Yeah. Do you think athletics has had a big part of that just because of the struggles and the, you know, the, the challenges that you have within these different realms? I don't think there's any question. Um, and it goes back to uh, Charlie Wade, the coach at Arkansas Tech, who I loved. We went to our first coaches convention and he took me to the national convention when I was a senior. And I thought, man, I was, I was walking around with stars in my eyes, right? Seeing all my heroes. And um, he told me, he said, Mike, write down every phone number and every person you meet. And back then we had Rolodex because we didn't have all this electronic stuff. Now he said, keep a Rolodex put their business cards in there, never ask them for anything, but always try to help them. And his philosophy was, if you give hope, you get hope. And I've always mm -hmm. remembered that. And I think through my life, I've just tried to, to be that guy that's there in need of somebody needs help. And I uh, made so many friends uh, through the coaching years. I coached 19 seasons in college. And um, man, it was just a fantastic experience. But I think I think lots about relationships. That's the bottom line. And, and the majority of mine were is all really been made through college athletics. Mm. So now, now we make the jump. Um, so coaching kind of takes a back seat. And we get into administration. Yeah. What was that thought process and how did that, that jump kind of happen? Well, it's kind of a funny story. Um, it was, it was the fall that year we were getting ready. To, we were like in October. I was at the Naval Academy and a friend of mine who I'd coached with at Texas State was a um, at a private school in Nashville, Tennessee. And he said, we need an AD. They'd had three ADs in 75 years, had great tradition, uh, just a fantastic school. And I said, man, I'm right in the middle of the season. Call me after the Army game. So time passed. We get back from Philadelphia, beat Army, came back the next day. And uh, the phone rang. It was him. He said, man, I've been waiting on you. I'm like, God, I forgot all about this. <laughs> so I didn't even want to go visit. So um, I ended up, told my wife, said, hey, why don't you go? You know, he's a good friend and he's waited on you for three months now. So 
why don't you go over there and check it out? So I had a quarterback I could look at over there that was that was a recruit we we've been talking to. And I, I go to Nashville and I pull up in front of this school and, and I'm like, man, this looks like a college. It was incredible. It was um, it was not your run of the mill high school. It was private, all boys. It was just an incredible place. And uh, ended up talking to them. They ended up offering me the job. And I go back to the Naval Academy and Jack Lingle was our was our AD at the time. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm sure you know Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, for you guys that, that watched the uh, We Are Marshall movie. Jack was actually the head coach when that happened. He's the guy Matthew McConaughey played. Uh, that's, a, that's a whole story in itself on what he dealt with there at Marshall University when that plane, when those planes went down. But um, Jack said, hey, you need to go do it. He said, you, you, you're a good coach. You're a good recruiter. Hate to see you go, but you can do this longer than you can coaching. And you can coach the coaches and you can influence more lives. So I jumped off the cliff and took Jack's advice and, and we moved to Nashville and that's where the administration started. Jack seems like an incredible person um, just by willing yeah. to give you that advice and letting you go. Yeah, um, he is. He's, he's a fantastic human being. He's wow. saying you're great people. So how did we get into college from high school um, administration wise? Well, back to the relationships. Um, I thought to myself, if you, uh, if I want to do this, I've got to learn the fundamentals on how to do it. And I really took what I learned from coaching and applied it to administration. There's not a lot, really not a lot of difference. I'm a checklist guy. I'm organized. I'm pretty thorough. And I just applied those same principles to the administrative side. And, um, and once I got to high school, uh, it was really interesting. I was in Nashville for three years. It was a great experience. And then a, a high school coach that I had recruited his kids down here in Texas calls me and said, hey, would you and Carrie like to get back to Texas? And I go, yeah, we'd love to. And he said, well, my college roommate is on the board of this high school school district and they need an AD. So we ended up moving to San Antonio, Texas. I was over five schools here. And the uh, superintendent was a guy named Jerry Christian, who is just an, another incredible person, fell in love with him. And, um, and we came in to replace a guy that was actually a Hall of Fame AD that was dying of cancer. And it was a tough situation. And uh, I spent about two months with him and he passed away. And we really took the, that group of people through the, the transition there. And, and the main message was this. At the press conference, I said, listen, I'm not here to replace Coach Finley. I'm just here to assume the athletic director's position and help you guys. Mm-hmm. I think that everybody kind of breathed a sigh of relief at that point but made great friends there. It was a great group of people and, and we had a really good run. We built the program. We had kind of been known for building football programs and we got them to the state semifinals with our plan there. And then Rice University called and they had had a, a long uh, time period of losing and they, uh, they wanted to rebuild their program. And uh, Bobby May was the athletic director there. And then Chris Del Conte that's at Texas mm-hmm. uh, came in right after I arrived. And Todd Graham was the head football coach, and we uh, we took him to their first bowl game in 45 years, and and really kind of got their program going. So that's how I made the jump to uh, to college administration. So I mean, football is a pretty big part of your life at this point. Um, that's that's incredible, especially in Texas. What what is high school football like when you were when you were building that program in Texas? Yeah, it's pretty important down here. Uh, we actually start this week. It's called Week Zero, and there's games Thursday night starting this week. Be Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. But 
Um, one thing that I learned uh, about Texas football, when I, I recruited down here a long time for two or three different schools, and the high school coaches are incredible people. Uh, the High School Coach Association has – they'll have 15,000 show up at the summer convention. I mean, it's a big deal down mm -hmm. here. And uh, they understand the core values and the life lessons that can be learned through playing sports. And it's not just football, it's everything. Uh, but football is the biggest sport down here. So it didn't take me long. I already knew that from recruiting down here all those years, and I enjoyed that situation because I have a passion for the game. And um, it was just enjoyable to help them build our program. We had a good coaching staff there at Alamo Heights. And, um, and it was, uh, you know, you fill the stadium every Saturday night. You sell season tickets. It operates just like college programs. And, and now you look around down here and most of the, you know, the bigger schools all have indoor practice facilities, turf fields. Uh, you know, there's a stadium built in the Metroplex last, I guess, two or three years ago for $72 million. Another one for 60 million, about six miles away. So that shows you the investment they're putting in their in their high school football down here. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, that's like a different world. Um, not far from the college world. So, how how did that translate to your time at SMU? Um, I mean, very rich history of football. Um, the whole entire issues that they've been through with uh with whatever they went through. Mm -hmm. Um, but you made the jump there from Rice, or was there a stop in the in the middle? It was from Rice, and again, back to relationships. Uh, I'm, I'm walking across campus at Rice, going to a meeting. My cell phone rings, and it's a guy that was my neighbor uh, in Annapolis that was the, the deputy AD at Navy when I was there. And um, he was currently the AD at Central Florida. He's actually the one that built that whole thing they got going to Central Florida right now uh, with O'Leary. And uh, Steve Orsini is his name. He was a captain with Joe Montana on the national championship team at Notre Dame. Great guy. We became good friends with him and his wife. And uh, he called me, and I couldn't hardly hear what he was saying. I go, where are you? And he said, I'm at Magic Mountain in line with my daughter at Disney. I go, well, what are you doing there? He goes, well, I just need to talk to you. He said, I'm going to be named athletic director at SMU tomorrow, and I want you to be my number two guy. So we were, we were all excited about that. Uh, we knew them very well. We were very familiar with the SMU program, and we loved Dallas. So we went to SMU for six years, and, and they hadn't won in 25 years. Like you mm -hmm. said, they hadn't won since the death penalty. And um, we hired June Jones to come in. He just won National Coach of the Year of Hawaii when they went 12-0 and and played in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia. And another fantastic human being, great friend today. Uh, he does things different, and that's what we needed. And uh, he built that program, and I think he ended up going to five straight bowl games. He, he got it going the second year, and we went to Hawaii, played in the Aloha Bowl, played Cal, who had three first-round draft picks, and it was Steve Mariucci's last college football game as a coach. And um, they ran the opening kickoff 97 yards. We didn't lay a hand on the guy, and Paul Johnson and I looked at each other and thought, it's going to be a long day. <laughs> we ended up winning the game right at the end. It was a historical win for the Naval Academy, and it was it was just great for our kids. Like I said, we had great kids there, and and they deserved a win like that. Mm, yeah, I mean, Hawaii is not a bad spot to win uh, on the no. other side of it. <laughs> great place to spend Christmas, too. We got yeah. to do that, I think, twice. From all, well, we, we played in that bowl game twice. is incredible. That's incredible. That is incredible. So the – one of the big things I wanted to talk to you about is the difference between college administration and the private sector, because yeah. you did make a jump after that to yeah. going into the private sector, um, the actual business world. 
bring us through that decision because I mean, at this point in, in kind of your professional life, it's very heavily focused in either college or high school athletics. Mm-hmm. And now we're jumping into a brand new adventure. Yeah, that was, uh, I, t- I used to tell our staff, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. Well, this wasn't in my plan at all. And uh, a friend of mine was the president of a company and I knew what the company was all about. Uh, it was a Christian family that owned it. It was a, it was a really good really good situation. I was right down the street from my house. And he said, Hey, um, would you come over? We want to try to build our company into a household name. And, and he gave me a big budget. And, uh, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to, for some reason, I feel like we're being led there. So we, we did it. And, um, we, we invested in a NASCAR team, won the 2013 championship with Austin Dillon. We fell into that. I mean, I got a NASCAR championship ring and some people work all their lives for that, and that was definitely not on my radar. <laughs> uh, but met a great group of people in that sport, and we sponsored a couple of bowl games, FC Dallas soccer, and, and really grew their company. We tripled the revenue in three years there. And um, the biggest difference was I, I could go home at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and uh, didn't have to work a lot of weekends. And in college mm-hmm. athletics, I'd done it so long, that was really good to spend more time with my wife. And because uh, I'd been gone most of our marriage, it seemed like. So it just kind of came along at a good time. And uh, it was a great experience. And when you look at running an athletic department, running a business, it's the same. I mean, a bit, mm-hmm. an athletic department's a business. Uh, there's a lot of crossover. Uh, but I did learn a lot uh, over, over the company and the business sector. It was a new experience for me. And I met a, a whole different group of people. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's not that big of a transition other than for me personally, I had a little more personal time to kind of do what I wanted on the weekends. Did you think that was an important stop before you became kind of the head guy over at, uh, at Grand Canyon? You know what? I, when I moved over, I, I didn't really plan on going back to college athletics because I was having the time of my life. I mean, uh, overseeing the NASCAR team was so much fun. Uh, it's a great sport. Uh, not a lot of egos. I just really enjoyed the culture of uh, people. And, um, and I, get a, I get a call from a search firm about GCU. And, and first I told them I wasn't even interested. Uh, life was good. They called me back like three weeks later and they said, listen, I, I really think you're gonna like this president. They're, they do things different there. And, and they, you'd be a really good fit for what they're wanting because I'd always kind of been a builder mm-hmm. and they wanted somebody to take them through the division two to division one transition, which is a four year transition and you work with NCAA and through the process. And I thought most people don't get the opportunity to do that. So I I said, well, listen, I'm going to be in Phoenix in two weeks for a meeting at Phoenix Raceway. Tell them I'll stop by around two o'clock if they're going to be around. And I did. And I met with the president for about an hour and a half and uh, walked around the campus and saw his vision, which was incredible. And uh, a week later, they called me and offered me the job. So again, we felt like we were we're meant to go there. Uh, and we loved Phoenix. We, we'd always vacationed there and we thought, you know what, living in Phoenix, well, let's try that. We might like it. Went there for five years and it was fantastic. I uh, had a great group of people, had a really good group of coaches. Uh, those guys won two commissioner's cups in a row as I was leaving there and uh, two academic excellence awards. And we just had great people. It's back to you. It's all about people. And, um, and it was a great experience. So that's how we ended up at GCU. This is this story is just like connecting stars. It, it, it just works out. It's incredible. Um, and and then what you're doing now? I mean, eighty six hope. Um, 
it seems like you've taken a little bit of everything and, and put it into to your venture that you're doing now. Can you, can you explain that for us? Well, we really have. Uh, when I didn't want to retire completely. I, I go nuts. I'm still a get up early guy. I go work out, got my routine. And uh, I'm really at that point in my life. I want to give back. And um, so we moved back to Texas uh, kind of as our retirement stop, I, I guess. Who knows where life's going to lead us? Uh, and I started this company, 86 Hope. And um, the reason I named it 86 Hope, portion of what we make go back to charity. And I think that if we can give hope to a, a young race car driver to get his career going or a company sponsoring a bowl game or anybody uh, to help them move forward and, and, and reach their goals, uh, that's what life's all about with me at this point is helping people. And um, uh, it kind of morphed into uh, during COVID, one of the NASCAR presidents, it's a friend of mine, said, hey, would, why don't you help us with business development? And, and I was already working with some companies. So now we have uh, agreements with almost all the top NASCAR teams and tracks. And uh, we just help companies with, with relationships, uh, ask the company what they're interested in doing. And we'll come back and give them some options. And, and we really do things creative and outside the box not just putting your name on a car, but there may be a B2B play in there or something to do with their foundation that they're very fond of. Uh, but we, we put deals together that's really different. And that's the fun part of taking those guys an option that they never dreamed of having. And, and it's been great. Been doing it for the last two years and, and I'm having a blast. So we, we've hit the past, we hit the present. Now I'm really interested to hear where you think college sports is going. Cause I mean, you, you've had, your hands full with college sports yeah. and it is a different landscape now, um, yeah. especially within these last six months. Yeah. Um, where do you see it going in the next five years? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, I, I try to keep up with it each day. I still talk to my friends and, and uh, I help a few conferences out a little bit with consulting, but you know, it's, it's all changed since I started as a coach. I mean, we were in it to, to try to help kids and, and prepare them to be good moms and dads and be successful in life. And, and that was kind of our focus. And we love the competition and all the, the skills, life skills that, that the student athletes learned. And um, now there's more focus on money. I'm, I'm afraid some of that's forgotten. It's all about the, it's all about the TV contracts and the money. And, and there's a lot of good things happening in college sports right now. It's in a great spot um, with the landscape changes going on. It's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds, but, but my gut feeling, I think, in the next few years, that you'll see four super conferences, uh, probably 16, 18 team conferences, and they'll break away from the NCAA. And, and the rest of those guys are good luck uh, mm -hmm. if you're below that, that level. So it's really going to be – that's just my gut feeling. It's an opinion. Everybody's got one. Uh, but that's just kind of a gut feeling I have that, that that's the direction. It's kind of trending right now, and uh, it's going to be really interesting – in the next two or three years, seeing how all this unfolds. So I want to pull on that thread a little bit, because this is incredibly interesting. Do you believe that, I mean, with, with this gut feeling, and, and obviously none of us know, um, especially with the uncertainty that's just happening, um, but what about the sports underneath football and basketball that, that aren't really revenue generating sports? Do you think those go away or how, how do you think those pl like play out? No, I think they'll. I think they'll all stay in place, or the majority of them. Um, you know, each each department, each program's got to be well rounded and give opportunity to everybody. And uh, I think the football and basketball will still be the 
the major financing for the other sports. I think that's where the money will be because of TV contracts. And of course, the NCAA tournament for basketball is a good revenue generator. Uh, but I think they will all stay in place. And, and uh, some people may drop a few to adjust budgets, but uh, it depends on what level you're at. But I think the for the lower schools, the division two schools and maybe the lower, you know, the mid-major 1A schools or the FBS schools, uh, they're going to have more of a budget issue than than the others because they're not going to be involved in the TV money like the others are, and that's that's where the big the big player is. So uh, I hope they don't, and I don't think they will. I think usually those guys are smart and they figure it out. Uh, I had an, an FCS AD tell me a couple of years ago. He goes, "You know, I really like being an FCS AD because we all got the same budget. We don't have much money." Uh, we're all about the same level. It's not who can do outdo the other one, and it's more about the core values of why I got in the business. And I thought that was a really good point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the student, I just, like, looking at this from a student athlete point of view, what do you think is missing? And because me personally, I think that we're we're putting way too much emphasis on this NIL thing, and not necessarily for. It's a it's a right now what's in front of her face and not necessarily preparing for the future. But what do you think student athletes have to think about now with all of this other stuff that we're now allowing them to put on their plate? Well, I think focus is important, and I think they they've got to surround themselves with good people. Um, you know, we were on an nil call the other day. And I was just listening because I'm not involved anymore. I still get invited to listen though, <laughs> and. And I was just sitting there thinking, you know, if you're a, a since you can do this in high school now from ninth grade up. So I'm sitting here thinking if I'm a junior in high school and um, and I've, I'm a really top recruit in football, let's use that as an example. And I've got the pressure of the coaches wanting me to get better. I've got the pressure from my parents uh, to get better. I've got the pressure of my sponsors, whoever I've done deals with to, to be the guy I'm supposed to be. Uh, oh, by the way, I met a girl. I'd like to go out on a date. And, I, and I, by the way, if I don't pass my English test on Friday, I'm not academically eligible. I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure on these kids. And I think it's really important that they have good people around them to give them good advice. Um, I think the NIL thing will, will fade a little bit as we go. Uh, kind of already is trending in that direction. But um, there's just so many moving parts to it and, and so many uh, – rules state by state nationally the whole deal you don't want to make a mistake to get to get a kid ineligible either mm -hmm. so um i think there's a lot of pressure on everybody involved right now to try to to find their way and creep through this process as the rules continue to change and unfold kind of on a daily basis to make sure the kids are really taken care of and, and get to where they want to be and and, and get their degree because that's important mm -hmm. a lot of people not mentioning the degree anymore but guys you're not gonna be able to play forever right and uh, there's not that many going to really get to play at the, at the highest level. So that degree is still important and that can't be forgotten either. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. So last and final question. One thing that a, uh, a coach or, a, and I do this with everybody, but a coach or a mentor has told you, and you've had a lot of them as we touched on a, a bunch of them during this, uh, this conversation that you kind of hold on to and you lean on every single day. Yeah, I've been really blessed. Like you mentioned, I've been around some fantastic people, but my dad uh, was the biggest influence on me. Um, you know, he had unbelievable work ethic, and he always used to tell me, master the basic fundamentals and have great work ethic, and you can achieve anything you want in life, whether you're a doctor or a 
plumber, real estate agent, or a coach. And I've just kind of hung my hat on that all those years. And I watched him with the work ethic he had, um, what he had done through his life. He, uh, he was a guy that had a fifth grade education, had to quit and go to work to support his family when his, when his dad passed away. He went to World War II, came back and learned to trade and ended up being a top bridge engineer and built over 53 bridges with a fifth grade education. And I used to watch him study and work and put the time in and, and that really impacted my life. And that's what I still remember today. And I think about him every day, still missing. Oh, that is a fantastic way to end this. And I really appreciate um, your time, Mike. This was, this was a great conversation. And again, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, of course. Of course. We'll have to do it again soon. Take care. All right, thanks. I'd like to thank Mike for joining us on this edition of Power of the Journey. If you enjoyed our conversation today, please let us know. Like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check back in every week when we peel back the layers of the student-athlete experience by talking with those who have been through it, those who are impacting it, and guests within the athletics community who are actively trying to change it for the better. And don't forget, your journey has power.